0: Um. Okay. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to talking Knicks. It's been a minute since we've spoken, but the Knicks haven't played basketball in over six months, so not missing much. But it's the off season. Off season starting to pick up. I'm here with my good friends Tom and my brother Kenny, who's also my friend. Um, so let's talk Knicks. Tom and Kenny, we'll we'll start with the how are yous because it's
1: been a minute. Tom, how you doing? What have you been up to? Hey guys, uh, I mean nothing's new. Nothing's new in my whole world. Um, everything's the same since the last time I talked on this podcast. Kind of just uh, been working, been uh, been doing so much climbing. You guys wouldn't even believe it. I'm pretty much yeah. just like repeating my. Like, I repeating believe that. What you do believe that. Um, I, I did. Yeah. Kenny and I actually went and saw a stand-up comedian. There's a Connecticut uh, comedy festival going on here in Fairfield, Connecticut. And so Kenny and I went and saw Mike Berbiglia on Wednesday, last Wednesday, and, uh, and had a great time. That was, that was a pretty fun thing to do. But I think that's like the most social thing I've done in just months. So I don't know. That was neat.
0: Yeah, he's a fan favorite as well with, with this crew, I believe. One of the first uh, stand-up comedians we all bonded over, right. I, th- I think. Maybe. That sounds true to me. Yeah, well, it was like... Two drink... He's up there. Two drink Mike. It was like him. Stand-up special. Jim
1: Gaffigan was up there. Right. Patton Oswalt was up there. Ch- Chappelle. Chappelle, probably. of
0: course. Yep, Chappelle.
2: Later on, uh, Bernie Mac. Yep. Yep. But yeah, I'm, I, I mean, am I'm... I'm, I'm Aziz. I may have taken
1: Kenny's thing, but that was that was my thing. <laughs> when saw some. All right, comp- so I guess we don't need to know how Kenny's doing because I saw
0: Kenny this weekend as well. So then me and you could just cover everything he that's been going on in his life. So me and Kenny hung out this weekend. He was home. We went shot around, and I was stroking it to be honest with you. I was I was hitting my shots. Uh, last couple times we played, I was not doing well. I'll, I'll say that I've lost a lot of games of horse and on the board which we explained the rules one time I was losing that game every every time we played horse this time and I I swept Kenny 3-3 three, three to 0. So Kenny, how was your week? Kenny,
1: weekend? can you defend yourself?
2: Um no, that's that's very much what happened. Uh, it feels a little bit like um, a space jam situation where someone stole my powers cuz I could not hit a single shot. In any of the horse games and it, it got really ugly you know but like to start out we were you know just shooting around for a while uh we started going like 10 and 10 so i'd shoot 10 and greg would shoot 10 and like i was shooting pretty well in the warm-ups and then game time shows up couldn't make a shot
0: and i was so couldn't. i was so bad during the warm-ups i was like standing in the same spot at like the elbow three and Just brick after brick, and I was telling Kenny like what the what the hell am I doing what I'm so bad you're, and the game time showed up in prime time you're hustling them, and
1: actually the the three of us yeah. shot around was that two three weeks ago? I like
0: think three weeks ago probably yeah
1: we all we all hooped together that was fun
0: um yeah, I, I wasn't good then you were good then,
1: Tom thank you. I was fishing for that compliment um, and it's true, I was <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, I think I think Tom, I think you and me
2: played uh, like seven games of one on one, and I think I won one. Is that accurate?
1: It may have been even more than that, but who's counting? I don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I won one game in the many games of one on one we played. So I uh, I've got some rust to shake off, but you know so I'll get back up there. I'll get. Hey, we back We got up nothing
1: to form. but time.
0: Yeah. Speaking of the team getting back up to form, let's talk about the Knicks. There's a there's maybe some hope this year. I mean, we got we got a few things to talk about. There's obviously a bunch of rumors in the off season. Are the Knicks going to trade for a an aging star? That's a that's an annual question we have to ask. Who are the Knicks going to draft? Um, what options are we going to pick up? That's new. That's a new question this year. We don't typically have that question. So, you know, let's get it started. Let's start with the options because that's what I I like the most. Um. So we got Alfred Payton, Reggie Bullock, Bobby Portis, Wayne Ellington, and Taj Gibson. That's five people, all uh, all on options, all options for next year. Um, well, technically, Portis has an option, and the other four only have a million dollars of guaranteed salary. So it's like an option. So who do you guys want to bring back? And who do you want to not bring back? So
1: I'll start with you, Tom. Well, it's, it's a tough question to an extent because I guess part of me is wondering what's the alternative to bringing these guys back? You Because know? the last thing I want to do is just run it back, is just to take what we did last year. In terms of the actual basketball product that we watched, yes, the Knicks lost a lot of games, but it was also excruciating to watch, the actual basketball. It was ugly. And the the team did not fit right in any way. So, you know, your knee-jerk reaction is bring back as few of those people as possible. But then, like I said, the question comes down to so who else is out there? What else what are the options? I don't because I really don't really I don't know what the kind of free agency landscape looks like at this point. And I think it's hard to know given the the uncertainties around the cap and things of that nature. So I guess To answer your question, uh, I don't know, bring back Alfred Payton as a backup point guard?
0: That's it. I mean, (laughs) you had anyone else you want to bring back? Bullock?
1: The Uh. thing is, so my thing with Alfred Payton is it, it worries me that Thibodeau will want to play him over Frank at point, over whoever the Knicks take in the first round, whether it's early or late. I have to imagine they're going to take a point guard I'm going to be all in on developing those guys. I want the ball in R.J. Barrett's hands a lot. Alfred Payton's not playing off the ball in any way. So, I mean, if I could get a guarantee that he would be a, a backup and use this kind of like a you know a guy coming off the bench, maybe a sixth man type, I'd be okay with it. But I do worry about him, even him, eating up minutes from some of these other guys I'm hoping to develop. So, I, you know, I can go either way on a lot of these guys as far as bringing them back or not. It just it kind of depends. I, I imagine you guys probably have some stronger takes.
2: Yeah, you I might mean, be, be surprised, my, Kenny. <laughs> and Greg uh, kind of tipped the hand earlier, but I think the obvious one is is Reggie Bullock, who um, got agreed to a a contract with the Knicks last year, and then he had uh, I think it was a back health issue with his back, and they renegotiated his contract. So much so that the Knicks were able to sign their best player, which was Marcus Morris. Um, so his contract is just a very good contract. Like, they're they're not paying him very much at all, which I think will be a flippable... You know, they can flip that at some point for, for some sort of asset. So I think he's a guy that you keep. And then uh, my hot take that I ran by you guys uh, previously is, like, I don't think that Wayne Ellington is as bad as he played at the beginning of last year. Which was very bad.
0: No, I, I mean it would t- it it'd be tough to be that bad.
2: Yeah. And the, I sent I sent you guys the stat, but the 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 numbers that I sent you were that Ellington shot 30.1 percent from three on three and a half attempts in his first 24 games, which were all before the trade deadline. And then after the trade let deadline, he shot 41.7 percent on five attempts in the 12 games after the deadline. Small sample size on both sides, but like the forty, the forty-one point seven is closer to what he actually shoots, and the thirty point one is less like what he actually does. So he's a guy that that if he figures it out before the trade deadline this year, like if he figured that out, if those uh, numbers were reversed, then he was a guy we could have flipped at the deadline for something.
1: Yeah, and I noticed the common thread there, Kenny, is you want shooting, which I think is something we say pretty much every single time we do this podcast and obviously yeah Bullock is a is a no brainer at this point for for what his number is. Um he really was productive. He he could shoot the ball, he uh he could play a little bit of defense and he's just like a good role player. He doesn't need the ball in his hands. He doesn't use up a bunch of possessions, but like he's good for, for kick outs on on catch and shoot threes and things like that. Um I don't know, like Wayne Ellington was someone I was high on and kind of, it really was sort of embarrassing how he performed at the beginning of the season because I know you guys like to make fun of me for saying, like, Wayne Ellington would really be a a productive, positive player for the Knicks. But like you said, Kenny, after the uh, the All-Star break, he did step it up in a small sample size. But still, I mean, I'm, I'm down to bring back guys who can shoot, guys who are kind of low-usage players. Um, but... Like again, going back to Alfred Payton real quick. I just, I don't know who's going to be handling the ball if he doesn't come back. You know what I mean? And at least he's like a professional NBA point guard. And if the Knicks don't get one of those, this offense could potentially look even worse next year.
0: Yeah, that's fair. He, he is when he's on the basketball court. He looks like he belongs there a lot of the time, on the offensive and on the defensive end. So that is a positive. Like you said, there's so much uncertainty with the cap situation too. So that's that's part of it. So we got to, part of it is wondering if the Knicks and Dolan are are just rich, so they won't be affected by spending money next year while all these other teams are trying to cut back on salary. If if the cap stagnates, so we tr- we could try to position ourselves to take on some some expiring contracts or some the bigger salary if we cut lose some of this money so is alfred payton worth eight million dollars i don't i don't know what eight million dollars is worth this year um i know bobby portis isn't worth 15 million dollars so he can he's even though he was technically our best three-point shooter by percentage last season is that right just i'm i think that's right
1: god i'm gonna claim i'm gonna claim it's right i feel like you told me that i I must have blocked that from my memory as soon (laughs) as i said it
2: I I will say that I I was looking at the stats the other day, and I think he shot a lot better than from three than uh than you think he did.
0: Yeah. So, like. you know, but he makes fifteen million dollars on his options, which is just too much for for him, especially with Julius Randle on, on the roster. So, Bobby's going Taj. We got like a nine million dollar option. He's like the veteran guy you would want with Thibs there, Thibodeau, and uh. But is that worth nine million dollars? Is is the question. I don't. He obviously his production on the court. I think he averaged like six points. That's that's not worth nine million dollars. But is is having that veteran around worth nine million dollars? That's the question. So, I mean, you'd want Taj around for not nine million dollars. That'd be that'd be a, a no brainer. But the numbers come in. I I I I have no idea about Taj Gibson, especially since Thibodeau is the coach. So. Bullock, yes. Peyton, sure, why not? Portis, no. Taj, I don't. I don't know. And who's the fifth? Maybe. Who's the fifth one?
1: Well, and the thing, just on Peyton, it does. It is contingent on some of the other moves the Knicks make, right? Like if they do sign Fred Van Vliet or if they do make a trade for Chris Paul, or any of these other big name free agents that we've heard floating around, who happen to be. Aging point guards,
0: you know some some of
1: them are so old and injury prone that you might still need Alfred Payton on the roster. But I'm just saying it does depend on some of these other moves they make, obviously. But um, yeah, who who was the last one? Yeah, who's the fifth one? The last one is the last one was Ellington.
0: Ellington. He's a he's a no. It's gonna be a no for me, dog. Yes, as (laughs) as Randy Jackson said, my friend was on American Idol, so no big deal. (laughs) I've been on the backstage at American Idol concert, so. No big deal.
1: Big time. Where did that? No where did that take deal. place? Where was that?
0: Mohegan Sun. I had, I had a. It was, it was the top ten people touring. I got nine of them to sign my ticket, but Casey James, I didn't get his autograph. <laughs> the one that, one that got away.
2: Truly, you just. Just missing out on that collectible item that, like,
0: if you had all ten, that's that's millions of dollars, right well, what's there. What's Casey yeah. James
1: even doing uh, now? You know, like, I've never even heard of. I uh, The
0: thing is, like, if I Google Casey James, that sounds like a common enough name that I'm not gonna ha- I'm not gonna find anything. And I'm not gonna Google him now because I'm just gonna believe that.
2: And so I have a question for Tom again. Nothing, nothing to do with the Knicks anymore. Now we're on to American <laughs> Idol. Um, but was, was Dave kidding when he was talking about his friend at work having won American Idol and now working at an electrical distribution warehouse? He was
1: not kidding. No, uh, he was, his name was Hmm. Nick, Nick something, uh, Italian last name, but yeah, he won American Idol pretty much. He was like, while he was working at CDW, he won American Idol. Um, and yeah, that was not (laughs) a joke. Hmm. So crazy. I'm sure he doesn't work there anymore. Nick Fradiani. That's his last name. Nick Fradiani. Um he's
0: Oh, so I
2: had the whole timing wrong. So he was working there, he won American Idol,
0: and now he doesn't work there anymore. So yeah, it was Dave's friend from work. They were already friends. And then he won American yeah, Idol. Yeah,
1: he was like audition he was like auditioning oh, while he was at C D W and doing that whole thing. And then uh and after he won, I don't I believe he left that electrical distribution company, and um, and yeah, I think he's I think he still sings. All
0: right. I get you. I yeah, get, that makes a lot more. I I can picture in the boss right now going, "Not again!" <laughs> <laughs> when he
1: says he's yeah, he's like not not giving them the time off. But
0: not, right. no, no, I meant like someone else quit because they want American Idol. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Another CDW
1: employee <laughs> off to lost Hollywood.
0: Yeah. All
2: right. That. That makes that makes a lot more sense with, than what I thought, which was he won he won American
0: Idol and then went back to working there. Yeah. You never know. That's probably what Casey James is doing. But <laughs> he didn't win. So back to the Knicks in our uh next topic. I've had enough of the options. It's 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 too hard to say. Especially what's what's money worth anymore in, in the NBA. No one knows. And with that there's some bloated contracts that the Knicks might consider taking if if a if a star, an or a or a has been star comes along with them. So I mean, we've talked about the rumors of what of Chris Paul, but now we got rumors of of Russell Westbrook and Victor Oladipo. So, what do you guys think about either of those people and what you would be willing to give up for them? Uh, Kenny, um, Kenny, you can. I told go. you
2: guys. Yeah, I told you guys. I have absolutely no desire to take on Russell Westbrook, not because he's not a good player, but because he is. I assume about to start a precipitous decline, because he's his entire game is based off of athleticism, and that doesn't last that well. Um, and also he isn't going to, you know. Change the trajectory of the Knicks. Like they'll they'll be better for a few years. They'll be maybe an eight seed in the East, maybe a seven seed, but they're not going to be you know a championship contender. And I think that they would want to actually get something from us, which is weird because I do not want to give up any young pieces for uh for you know a this is what they've done all the time you know Uh, picking up a big name that gets makes them a little better. But doesn't have like a good projection for the the long term.
0: Yeah, so he's got like a similar contract to Chris Paul with an extra year on the end of it. So it's big. It's a lot of money. I think he's making like forty seven million in that last year. So that's a lot of. It's a lot of cake. It's a lot of quiche. A lot of quiche. Tom, I'm gonna assume you have similar thoughts on Russell
1: Westbrook. Yeah, I wish I could go full Skip Bayless here and and pretend otherwise, but. I mean, it would be just ridiculous. For, I, I don't know if you guys saw like Bleacher Report had a, an article going around where the Knicks' proposed trade was giving up just an absurd number of assets and players for Russell Westbrook. Yeah. It was like I think it included R.J. Barrett. I I, I don't <laughs> think I'm exaggerating. I think it was like R.J. Barrett and like the Mavs pick and Frank Ntilikina and just a ridiculous trove of, of assets and it's just like is this is this what people are putting on the internet now it's, it's just <laughs> it doesn't even I, I don't think based on what we know about like leon rose which isn't a lot but i i just i can't imagine that that front office going all in on russell westbrook it's just not the right time he's not the right player it's not a good fit it it wouldn't make any sense at all this is-
2: this is the first thing we're gonna do: make a name for ourselves. Yeah, gonna go get Russell Westbrook,
1: like the worst yeah. shooter, maybe in NBA history. I think I think his last season he was like the worst three point shooter on a vol on high volume in NBA history. Yeah, I think
2: it was between him and Barkley,
0: and I assume he won
2: by losing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, so Russell Westbrook's a no. It's gonna be a no from us, dog. <laughs> it's gonna be my new. It's gonna be a new. My I, new catch I, line.
2: I th- I told you guys that I would take Russell Westbrook if they gave us assets back, which I don't think is well, their they, plan with they
0: Russell. They definitely
1: Westbrook. won't, man. Like if you look at how they were yeah. pl- how Russ was playing um sort of in the well after the All-Star break but before the bubble, he was putting up huge numbers, right? And he was extremely efficient cuz he was shooting most of his shots from 2 and you know, didn't he did he make an all-NBA team this year? He he might have. He might have. He was he was good this year. During the regular season he was good. I mean, he fell apart in the bubble completely, but granted he also contracted COVID and like had that um, you know, that time away from basketball trying to get better. So I think he was also
0: I think he was also injured.
1: Yeah, injured plus COVID. I mean, things did not go his way. But at the same time, he's just He's not the the type of player that's going to be able to carry offenses, carry like efficient offenses, and he's not going to help develop some of these young guys. I don't think you know he's he's just so ball dominant, he's so high usage that the, you know the entire team will have to revolve around him, and that's kind of not where you want to be if you're trying right. to develop R.J. Barrett and guys like that.
0: So if you're trying to speaking of young guys who Russell Westbrook didn't help develop. Victor Oladipo is the other option <laughs> behind the curtain. So, Victor Oladipo is on an expiring deal, making about twenty million dollars, but he also missed most of last season. Um, so, I think twenty eighteen, he was just that was that was after they lost to the Cavs in seven in two thousand seventeen, I think. And he then he came back and he was firing. He was a he was a stud in two thousand eighteen. I think they lost to the Cabs again that year, and then uh, he came out firing again the next season. Then he just got it. They were very injured. I, I don't I don't remember what happened to his quad. Maybe that sounds trueish. So that's what I'll <laughs> say. Um, so then he missed most of last season, um, and the Pacers just they went along without him happily. And they they were the five seed. Oh, they were the four seed. The Heat were the five seed, with limited contributions from Oladipo. And so now he's expendable in, in their eyes, and they're a small market team. They're probably almost definitely thinking about getting rid of him. I I think. So what's what's someone got to get, give to them for Oladipo? Well, yeah, I
1: mean, so yeah, you're right. He did. it. He ruptured his quad tendon in his right knee, which is a pretty devastating injury. And he was a super athletic, fast guy who who did rely on athleticism similar to Russ. Um, he's only 28 years old, but at the same time, it, it's just this sort of thing reeks of like the Knicks going in on a guy who is past his prime and, and is coming off an injury and we're just not really sure. I, I would be very hesitant to be the one to give Oladipo his next contract and, and all the reports out there right now say he's expecting, he's seeking a max contract with his next deal. I mean, maybe there will be a team who is willing to roll the dice and give him that. I don't think the Knicks should be that team. I think it's too big of a gamble. You know, I would... If if the last we saw of Oladipo, like in the bubble, was a, a positive last impression, I would maybe give it a second thought while still leaning no, but based on what we saw last, it's just... I don't think we could give that to him in good conscience,
0: yeah, so last season he played nineteen games and averaged fourteen and a half points, three point nine rebounds, and two point nine assists, so not max numbers, he would say, but small sample size, but he was also injured the most of the year before, so he's he's got a lot of things going against him in this in this max con- contract uh conversation kenny what are you thinking yeah and i i agree
2: with all of that um i just think we have yet to see him return to form after the injury um so i'd be hesitant to give up anything of value but i mean i'd take a flyer on him if they wanted limited assets again i don't know what they're what they're looking for but if they wanted limited assets like it's if and it's an expiring deal like i'd do it see what he has and then go from there but I'm not gonna mortgage the future for for Victor Oladipo,
1: and if you're the Pacers, like you probably want some some legitimate assets. I I don't think you'd do it for just some filler, you know. And like they can
2: they can have DSJ
1: exactly. Yeah, did you give them DSJ in the Clippers pick? Absolutely, no, absolutely. Maybe. But I think that that gets you laughed out of the room in Indiana, but then. They're kind of just but laughing to themselves, yeah. And like they're the only ones laughing at their joke. They're, but I, I don't think that there's any way but, that we would see eye to eye with uh, with Indiana uh, in terms of Oladipo's value. I just don't think that happens.
2: But Oladipo hasn't he been saying he wants out, and they don't really want to pay him, and like he doesn't really have a place on the team anymore. So I got. I mean, I I could be overstating what I've what I've read, but I feel like. He, he is on the way out one way or another.
0: It feels like that. I think he said that he didn't say that, but it. it I think enough people have said that he did say it. So who, who are we going to believe, you know?
1: Yeah, and I, I just wonder what the Pacers value. You know, yeah. do, they, do they think that Oladipo is going to be more helpful to them winning games this upcoming season than whatever the Knicks would give them? Um, and is that added value worth just letting him walk versus getting an asset in return? I and mean, maybe you know it depends. I, I really don't know. I can't really get into the Pacers' head. I don't really watch enough of them. Or you know, is Sabonis healthy? Um, what are they doing, Miles Turner? I have no idea what this Pacers team is going to look like next year. But I think that's kind of the the mental calculus they're doing. Yeah, and another part
0: of it is, again, like, what's this cap situation going to look like when it, if it stagnates? Because uh, another one of their better players last year was Jeremy Lamb, and he tore his ACL pretty late in the season. So he's probably not going to be available for most of next season. I mean, I don't know when next season's even starting or when it's ending, so I shouldn't say that. But he's not going to be available for a portion of next season.
2: And that's another thing that people have been speculating on the Internet. Um is maybe they want to dump Lamb, who has been, who is, you know, is injured currently and has a not a small contract, not a huge contract, <laughs> but a size like a decent sized contract. So if if they could dump his contract with uh, Oladipo, maybe that's a way to to even
0: out a deal. Dumping your second best player to get rid of your best player. With, I mean, that's it's an old Knicks favorite. Yeah. I mean, obviously those aren't their, their best player or their second best player, but neither were Shumpert and J R Smith. And that's the that's the parable. Par, parable? Uh, parable? I mean Para, parable. Parable. Parabola. Is that the right Parabola? Is, Analogy? Is, is is uh is parable work there? I don't think so. Yeah, sorry everybody.
2: I
1: think it's the analogy. What a lot of people that's don't realize analogy. about Victor LaDepo is he's also a very strong and uh enthusiastic singer. Um and actually, in a lot of ways, similar to we Casey going- James. Um, oh, Victor Oladipo was on The Masked Singer.
0: First huh. season, he, they took the head off, and it was Victor Oladipo under there. I was watching We're it the last bringing it last Wednesday, and uh, it was like a a guy doing a puppet. He was like a an alien, so he was doing a puppet thing as he sang. And so people were like, that's impressive. maybe it's Jeff Dunham, maybe it's someone else, And it was Mark Sanchez,
1: no way, <laughs> <laughs> something
0: new from the jets and, and I was like, "Well, that's pretty crazy. I didn't think Mark Sanchez first was singing and second doing the, the like the puppet thing pretty well, like pretty like
1: he was doing it. You, and it was Mark Sanchez. Do you think if you picked up a puppet that you'd actually like be able to pass as a puppeteer?
0: I mean, I don't know how long he was practicing for. I, I guess. No, I don't think I would. I mean, other than... Look, what kind like of with a sock when yeah, you're doing that. Like yeah, like, like a that. hand puppet. Maybe that is what it I was. I could do a hand puppet. But while you're singing and performing on stage, it, it it's all coming down to it. But I guess when you're the Sanchez, you could do anything. Yeah, Didn't he take... Was he the one who took ballroom dancing, or was that liner?
1: That sounds like lineard actually uh, yeah. yeah that's that's a Liner thing uh, yeah,
2: damn I was gonna say he's he's used to performing on stage and doing the dancing, but
1: wrong
0: quarterback. I don't think Tom knows that. I think he's just saying that
1: well, you gotta be decisive on these podcasts <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, and the Knicks are gonna have to be decisive with their trade decisions, and let's let's do another transition. They're going to have to be decisive in the NBA draft when they pick people. And I'm not going to ask you guys who you want them to pick. I'm going to ask what you what you want them to pick. So we got three picks. And what do you want to end up with in rookies after this draft is over? Like a Obviously, you want three superstars, but we're not going to get that. So wing three and D, ah. three and D, backup point guard. In a flyer on an athletic person or a Euro draft and stash with that second round pick, maybe. So those are those are just hypotheticals, but they may also be my answer. So, what are you guys thinking, Tom? We'll go. We'll go back to you first.
1: Well, you said a backup point guard. Why not shoot for the stars and, and go for the starting point guard? Who's the starting point guard?
0: Yes, yeah, that's fair. I'm, but I'm just picturing you. You don't want to really pick your starting point guard at twenty. Seven, but I guess you could get a, a player of like Aaron Holiday was picked in the twenties, I think. So hopefully, someone like that have the eight. To you have the eight
1: pick? Yeah. Too. So are you kind yeah, of? That's true. I was just say, are you kind of punting on the idea of taking a point guard at eight? Um, I don't know. Obviously, Lamelo Ball is kind of the, supposed to be the franchise point guard who will most likely be taking bef- taken before that. Um, I don't know if I. I don't think I really expect the Knicks to to move up in this draft. I think we've all talked about this draft being kind of more of a crapshoot than most drafts in the past. There's not a lot of uh, what we call like super high ceiling superstar potential players in this draft. But, you know, just just to throw some names out there, some, some point guards, some potential starting point guards who may be there at eight would be like a Killian Hayes out of France or a Tyrese Halliburton out of... Was it Iowa? So a... Iowa, oh, State. Iowa, Iowa State. Iowa State, I want to say. Um, and then the, then there are even guys who, if the Knicks were to trade down a few spots um, and try and get some more assets, there's the point guard out of – well, kind of a point guard out of Kentucky, Tyrese Maxey. He kind of played a lot of off-guard as well. Um, but I, I think there will be some some point guard options sitting there at eight. I don't. I mean, Greg asked kind of a broader question of what we'd like to see. I have been watching a fair amount of tape of prospects, and i had been kind of just homing in on uh, Devin Vassell, the guy who I called out way at the beginning, just because I knew he was a three and D guy. Tell him but what happened, Tom. I gotta say, this past week, the the video leaked of Vassell getting shots up in an empty gym, and uh, it was. It was an ugly, ugly ugly-looking thing, his jump shot. I mean, he was taking pretty deep threes. They were a little probably beyond NBA range. And he's a very skinny guy, so he doesn't have a ton of strength. But he was just his release point. He would bring the ball back so far above his head that it was just like his elbow was adjacent to his ear. And he would just launch these things. It was like a slingshot. I don't really know who to even. I saw some people on Twitter just um, comparing it to Michael Red's jump shot. But I don't even know about that. It was it was not pretty. It didn't look like a shot that could work in the NBA in terms of like a quick release or an off the dribble thing. Like I don't know how that would work. So that was really dispiriting for me to watch because I watched a lot of tape of Vassell and I didn't really ever think of his jump shot as as being. That way, it looks like it just straight up looks like he's changed it in the off season, like he's altered it in some way, and that is extremely worrisome. So, um, it, it, to some degree, it's kind of like a back to the drawing board thing as far as who I want with this number eight pick.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: And so, I, so I'll answer Greg's question because Tom didn't. Um, I want what I want is people who can shoot the basketball people who can play defense and people with high floors. And what I mean by that is people who can like actually play basketball and stay on a court. So it's like high um, basketball IQ, I like, think
1: is maybe a way to put it. Cause that's, I know that's something I'm looking for for sure.
2: Yeah. Just, I mean just general NBA level guys. Like I don't need them to be stars. I just need them to be able to function on an NBA basketball team. And like my first thought on the NBA Knicks is the type of guy or on the New York Knicks, of the type of guy that I'm thinking of is a, a guy like Damian Dotson, who, for whatever reason, hasn't played much, but when he plays, he's shown that he can be an NBA player. So, like, a guy like that, but maybe he plays more,
1: you know? Yeah, I don't know how many more Dotsons we need just because he's a guy who, like, barely gets minutes on a really bad team. That's...
2: But I'm I'm, I'm saying that Dotson is... Is of a level that he could be an NBA player. Like uh, I think Greg's old test was like, could he get minutes on on the Spurs? And like that's the kind of guy you want—a guy who who can play NBA basketball, doesn't need to be a star, but just just you know plays a role and does his job.
0: It's a good test.
1: I think getting a guy like Dotson at 27 would be a huge win. With this eight pick, I do kind of want to. I just got. I have loftier goals. I want it to be someone who's legit, someone who's going to be. A, a very good, a strong starter on this team. I mean, maybe not right away, but I, I don't know. I, one of these days, the Knicks have to connect with one of these picks. You know what I mean? They, With Neil Akina and Knox, and I mean, Jerry still out on Barrett, but there have been consistently been guys taken afterward who have flourished. You know, often that's a combination of their situation. But it's also a, a testament to their ability, their skill, and their talent. So the Knicks just have to scout and draft the right guy just one time, and uh, I, I'm really hoping it's this year.
2: Yeah, I'll go kind of go into against what you were saying before about you know point guards. Is I don't know if the New York Knicks is the best situation for a young, developing point guard to come into and you know try to develop it, unless it's a home run it's it's going to be tough for for any point guard just because there's so much scrutiny and there's so much you know general negativity with being on the New York Knicks that it's it's hard to develop so i'm i'm of the opinion more of getting you know just wings and guys who can shoot and then hoping that uh you know in the future we can we can get a point guard through free agency or a trade or something like that or just let R.J. Barrett run it, you know.
0: Yeah, I think you got to swing for the fences with the the eight pick. So I don't know what that means. Best available player. I know Kenny said uh, high floor. I'm looking for high ceiling. There at that eight pick, like like Tom said, you got to hit eventually. It's like the uh, the process. They picked so many bad people with those top picks, but they got Embiid and Simmons, and they, they you know that. Hasn't worked out as well as they would have liked, but last year they were good. They they were one of the better teams in the NBA. So just keep swinging until we hit. I think with that eight pick, um, then yeah, you know. like
1: I will say, there were there were guys who I've been a little hesitant about because maybe their their jump shots not as good. I know Isaac Okoro is someone who out of Auburn who's been brought up a lot and who by a lot of reports the Knicks seem to really like and he he does bring a lot to the table. He's he's a big wing, he's super physical, he's very athletic. Um he's he's a fluid athlete and he's a, he has a really high motor and basketball IQ. Like he he is a strong passer and playmaker. Um he can even run some pick and roll. The the biggest knock about him is his shooting. Um I know his shooting stats were very poor. I I think his free throw percentage was also bad which is usually a good indicator of, um, of shooting development potential. So I know in Kenny's book, like a someone who can't shoot is kind of just a, a non-starter. And I've been there, but after seeing Devin Vassell's shot, I'm just kind of leaning more towards whoever I think is going to be a good basketball player. Um, and I, I think Okoro, I've been like leaning closer and closer towards Okoro, uh, just watching him play, and then even halliburton who who shot who like frankly n b a draft twitter seems to really dislike at this point i i it looks like a lot of mock drafts are high on him a lot of n b a scouts seem to be high on him, but kind of more of the niche n b a draft twitter is very low on him they don 't think his shot looks good enough it won't it won 't translate you can't pull up and shoot there's like no versatility to his jump shot but I mean, he's just a guy who you look at his stats, they're, they're super impressive. Like he, he's averaging like 16 points, something like five boards, six assists, um, shooting 42% on threes from a high volume. It's like, this is a guy who has been successful at every level of basketball in his career. And he seems to be super high character. It, it seems like someone who can, who can actually fit, um, With a a current NBA team. So, I don't know, guys. Basically, I I was all in on Devin Vassell and kind of of would have been upset with regardless who else, if they took someone else. But at this point, I'm like, I'm open to nearly anybody. Give me Okoro. Give me Halliburton. Give me, uh, you know, Killian Hayes. Thank you. Um, I'm super high in Kira Lewis Jr., Tyrese Maxey. I've I've become more flexible on it as long as I think they have a a high ceiling.
2: I... And I will say we should, we should preface this by the Devin, uh, Vassell video was two shots in, you know, we don't know the circumstance. Uh, I know sometimes, um, in, in shooting drills, they have the, the player over exaggerate some aspect of it so they can get a feel for it. Um, so we don't, I mean, the fact that we haven't heard anything since then makes you potentially question it a little more, but we don't know for sure that that's, that his jump shot is broken. Uh, it's it's two shots, but we've got nothing else to talk about, so we can talk about that. Um, but I do agree with you on on Halliburton. I think I was uh, we had this conversation a while ago that I'm really high on his passing ability. You know, I watched some of his highlights and and some of the, the reads that he makes and some of the the passes that he makes are are just very impressive. Uh, his jump shot is weird, um, but it went in. So you know, at some point, that's got to count for something. Uh, but I, you know, I'm I'm kind of with you that there's no one that, you know, truly excites me a ton that I really want them. Uh, so, you know, it it's at the point where I'm happy trading down and, you know, taking any number of these guys in the, the mid to late teens uh, and then, you know, hopefully getting another asset with that.
0: Yeah. And sorry to just to jump back for a second. So Mark Sanchez was he the baby alien ha- <laughs> had an arm, so it wasn't just a sock puppet. I was just thinking about that for a second. So he was it was like legit puppeting, puppeteering. So, but I mean I'm down to trade back for sure. That that's that'd be a good idea. I I don't I really don't I don't know I don't, I don't know because you know if who wants to trade up in this draft is the other part of it if. If we are we are so unsure of who number eight is, and how far would we be willing to trade down? We we want to trade down without losing anything, pretty much. And that other team would be trading up without gaining anything on the other end of that trade. So it's it's a tough situation. It's with a with a very suspect draft. Um, but so I'm swinging for the sense, set fences as eight. I'm going safe at 27. I don't know. I'm trying to get the 3 and D guy there or the backup point guard there. Again, I don't know who the starting point guard is. So maybe that backup point guard, like a Trey Jones, like a Kira Lewis Jr., he, he may not be there. He probably won't be there at that point in time. But, you know, just a, a person like that who's who's filling in the, uh, the Tyus Jones or the Monte Morris role as a backup point guard.
1: Yeah, you know who I've seen a lot of Nick's Twitter be uh, excited about for that pick is is a guy named Grant Riller. Have you guys heard of him out of, out of Charles, the College of Charleston? No.
2: Is he a bucket He's, getter? So
1: he played all four years, senior at College of Charleston. He is a bucket getter. He averaged the last two seasons in a row. He averaged 22 points per game. Um, I mean, he shoots – Shoots fairly well from three, 36.2% from three on four attempts per game. Um, And then from free throw, he's shooting almost seven free throws a game at 83%. So, I mean, that indicates he's probably a pretty strong shooter. Um, I'd imagine his threes, I mean, he's taking so many shots for this team. He's probably taking some pretty high-level difficulty threes. I bet defense is really keying up on him. Um, He's a smaller kind of off guard, though. He's 6'3". 190 pounds so he kind of i feel like he's kind of like one of those monte ellis types uh s- like a small shooting guard which isn't great but i mean it, drafting at 27 you know i don't know what else yeah. you're really expecting at that point you know what are, what are,
0: what are the assists that he's putting up with those 20 yeah so it's 22 points?
1: points five boards four assists
0: so that's pretty good too i mean i didn't watch college for charleston play so i'm just going Y- off sheer numbers, which Julius Randle has shown me that you shouldn't do sometimes. But
1: but you'd imagine a lot of those t- College of Charleston guys were missing shots, right? Yeah. So maybe those assist I mean, numbers should have been higher.
0: Yeah. Or maybe they made it every single time he passed it to them, so they should have been lower. There's no way for us to know <laughs> without checking the tape. Hmm.
2: So I I will say that, that uh, what I heard on Halliburton was – pretty much that his assist numbers would be much better if he had better teammates. Like he made incredible passes and then his teammates were not uh top caliber. So there's something happens to the best of us.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, Halliburton, Halliburton was, not- I mean, he's impressive. He's big. He's at six, five, um, super skinny. They haven't listed 175 pounds at six, five, which is just rail thin. Um, but I mean that's a, I mean six five is a good size for your point guard, and I think he can also play off ball. You know he is he would be a good catch and shoot guy. I don't know. I'd imagine that like player development guys could fix his shot or make it so that he would be a good clean catch and shoot player. Um, but I I do get the impression that he's just kind of a winner. So that's I, part of me just wants to sort of zig when everyone else is zagging because Halliburton's just been completely. Sort of criticize and um, I don't know. I, I think he could be good. So I'm with you there, Kenny.
0: Sounds good to me. And I, I mean, with that second round pick, I'm laying out my plan. Uh, swing for the fences. Get your backup point guard, point guardish. If we didn't already pick a point guard with that earlier pick, but even even. Even then, I guess, you know, point guard 3 and D with that 27 pick. Then with with the second-round pick, lotto ticket. Always just do, do whatever you want with the second-round pick. Swing for the fences or just uh, pick a European person and have them come over in two years when they're the best player in the NBA. Like a Jokic or something. So we should just try to pick like a Jokic or like yeah. a Draymond Green yeah, in just, the second round. Tony pa- A Jokic type. Tony Parker or Ginobili I don't, I don't know, something like that, I guess.
1: I take it. Where was uh, Mitchell Robinson drafted? What number?
0: He was early second round. I want to say he was like 32 36. Yeah, I mean I those, those are two different numbers.
1: Right, but like second rounder, I think that the Knicks they've shown they can they can get these guys. Their best player. I mean, maybe their second yeah, second best.
0: They can only get these guys in the second round. Thirty six. I was right with my second. Not guess. My second answer. Um, it's not a guess. One guy that uh, I've I've grown to like on NBA Draft Net is Reggie Perry from Mississippi State. The guy's just like a a freak athlete. Posted stats, but I guess. Uh, Scouting reports and big boards don't love him as much as I do, based on the the five-minute highlight and stat line I looked at. But he's just like a, a beast. And, you know, maybe they think that uh, people in the NBA are bigger, so you can't just bully them. But I'm not. Hmm. I think he's one of those guys who just has, has grown man strength, like a Draymond Green, where he's just a beast. So... It's based pretty, on very little knowledge of the person. Pretty, pretty I'm young, pick him.
1: pretty young to have that grown man strength, especially if you ask Jake. He he feels like there's like a sort of an an age <laughs> cutoff. We'll we'll have to get him on here next week and, and ask him about that.
0: We will. I'm sure he won't be doing anything. World Series is going to be over soon enough, and Jake and BBd will be back. So, I mean, who needs him? Is there anything else we really need to talk about? And I mean, Tom, you've been doing a lot of research. Do you want to talk more about the draft projects? I mean, you've talked about a bunch of them already, but
1: Yeah, one guy I'll I'll bring up is Tyrell Terry. I know I've texted you guys about him. He's uh the he's a pretty small guard out of Stanford. Um I see they list him here at six one one sixty, but all the Twitter buzz was that he put on like fifteen pounds of straight muscle. Um, I mean, he had a pretty small frame, so I don't know how that would look on him, but he was, so as a freshman, he averaged 15 points per game, um, three assists, four and a half boards, which is a lot of boards for how small he is, but the most impressive thing was he was taking five threes a game, shooting about 41% on those five threes, and then 89% from the free throw line. I mean, this guy was just a pure shooter. I mean, I don't want to sit here and make like Steph Curry comparisons because that's ridiculous. But the types of shots he was taking were off the dribble; they were deep threes. Um, it just it looked awesome. Like I was shocked to hear that he was projected to go so low in the draft. And we that's when we were talking like those mid to late teens is kind of where I'm I'm seeing him on a lot of mock drafts. So if the Knicks were going to trade back, like you said, who's going to want to trade up? We don't know. But maybe someone falls in love with a uh, an Okoro or A Killian Hayes if he's available. And if you think that Tyrell Terry is better than Killian Hayes, I mean I you know, I haven't done nearly enough research to make that assertion, but this guy can shoot the heck out of the ball. I mean it's it's really impressive. And if that's what we want, go get him. I I, I really liked him.
0: Sounds like a like a Trey Young Steph Curry hybrid. Which I guess we can settle for with our uh, with our number 8 pick. <laughs> yeah, I think both of later. both
1: those guys, I know you're joking, but both those guys are like elite elite passers and I don't really get the impression that that this dude, that Terry is an elite passer. I think he's just fine, like a fine passer. But I mean, he's a point guard, he's a really good shooter and uh if he's really put on 15 pounds of muscle, then that's that's you know, it says something about his work ethic too. So um yeah. Is
0: Steph Curry an elite, elite passer? I, I think he Kenny. is.
2: I think he's a very good passer, yeah. He's probably probably up there.
0: Wow. Like, who's who would be ahead of him? I'm going to look at his assist numbers and base it only off of that. Let's find out, everybody. Who's right, Greg? Or? Well, I, I don't think his assist numbers Tommy were again.
1: like uh, – I don't think they were, like, above eight at any point. I think they were probably in that six-and-a-half, seven range. But, I mean, you have to remember, a lot of the offense was also run through Draymond, um, who's also a, a top-tier passer for his position. Um, a lot of the offense was run through Durant for those couple of years, and he was certainly racking up some assists as well. So, um, But if you, like, look back at, at tape of, of Curry at Davidson or anything, He's a he's a very special passer. I think much better than maybe he's giving credit for. But um let me think. That's fair.
0: He's he's he averages six point six in his career, which is good enough for me to to accept you guys as saying he's an elite elite passer. Which I wouldn't typically, but then Tom brought up the Draymond point and the Durant point, I'm I'm willing to accept it because he peaked at 8.5 assists per oh, game wow. one season, which which is enough for me. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm t- I'm trying to think there of other go. guys who I'd be into the Knicks taking. Um, and I, I don't know, I I did hear some uh, some talk about a d- a different Kentucky guard, so not Tyrese Maxey. Um, their their second. They kind of had like a three-headed point guard trio going on. Kind of remind me of like what Villanova used to do. What Villanova used to do, Kenny? Four four guards?
2: Used to do four guards after Curtis Sumter got hurt, so they didn't have a big. So they went four
1: guards. Yeah, so I think it was Emmanuel Quickly may have been the guy that I saw the, the Knicks talking about. Um, and watching tape of... I, I was mostly watching for Tyrese Maxey, but Quickly really jumped out like this guy was i mean super fast and very aggressive you know maxie was uh, a freshman this past year quickly was a sophomore and it just kind of showed that he was super comfortable on the floor sometimes maxie was a little more tentative and uh, and quickly was was very assertive so um as far as like a second round pick i, I heard some talk about him in the second round and I would i mean if you can get a kentucky guy in the second round just do it because they're always good <laughs> There's a reason they went to Kentucky. This guy was one of Kentucky's best players. Just go go get him.
0: That sounds and then I think I,
2: just one name that, that I want to throw out there that I heard on I think it was Chad Ford's podcast. Uh he was talking up big uh for the, the second round is Paul Reed out of DePaul. And basically he said he's the uh, he's probably the best defensive player in the draft according to According to Ford, and um, wow, you know, this season he regressed in shooting, but last last season he shot forty percent from three on limited attempts. Um, although he shot uh, a decent clip from the from the free throw line, and he's also just a beast on the boards. So this past season he averaged ten point seven rebounds in thirty one point seven minutes. So like he's a he's a guy that can fill it up and do all the little things. Like he's not going to be a star, but he can do you know the rebounding. He can play defense. He has the potential to be able to be a, a decent shooter. And uh, that, that'd that be a big pickup in the second round.
1: Yeah, I'll have to look into him. I have, I'm not familiar with him.
2: Paul, Paul Reed. Reed. DePaul. The brother from DePaul.
1: The other guy who I haven't really talked about so much, but I know I mentioned him earlier, is Kira Lewis Jr., the, the point guard out of Alabama, I believe. Um, He's just a, a freak athlete, just so fast with the ball in his hands, like, he really popped off the screen when I was watching like he's just explosive with the ball he gets to the rim he finishes um he's not like an above the rim player he kind of finishes around the basket but he can seem to get into the paint whenever he wants I think the knock on him is his defense but I again I'm not that worried about point guards defense especially with defensive anchors like uh Mitchell Robinson and Kevin Knox no um and and whoever's back there for the Knicks but um, no, Kira Lewis Jr. was someone who I, I think I've seen him projected to go kind of in that 10, 11, 12, 13 range. Um, so eight might be a reach for him, but I don't know. Uh, again, same situation as before. If if he's your guy, just be willing to take him, right? If Donovan Mitchell was your guy, even though he's not projected to go into a lower, just go and should have gone and got him. You know, so it doesn't really... Hmm these mock drafts and especially this year when there was no ncaa tournament to go on and you know it's just it's been such a mess i just don't feel like these mock drafts should really be dictating where we take guys it should be based on who interviewed who interviewed well who who jumps off the the (laughs) tape for you who who comes in and plays well
0: i'll also say that the
2: mock drafts are all over the place
0: yeah so mock
2: drafts are they
0: don't know either everywhere you can really only trust (laughs) nbadraft.net best website yeah but i mean the big boards from everybody are are all over the place i mean like you guys said people got wiseman falling down to low 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 in the top 10 but when i'm seeing other people are Pretty much positive he's going to be a top three pick, which is I'm I'm in that that camp of people. So we'll see if I'm right or if one of the random people who just decided that he wasn't is right. So so no don't know. Is there anything else we need to to catch up catch up on on Nick's world? I'm sure we'll get some more thorough player analysis going as we get closer to the draft, which is coming up November 18th, I think. So. That'll be something. Tentatively. That'll be good. That'll be good to talk about. For sure. Yeah. And nothing else, and though. We're, and we're done. <laughs> so we're done? So that'll be it for us. Um so had a fun time. Good talking to you guys, yeah. and then Nicks will be back again someday. So go Nicks. Nicks tape.